Welcome to episode six of the Sporting Ones podcast with Rowie and Haydos. How you doing, Haydos? Very well, Rowie. Uh, so we're on the AFL for episode six for our round 23 preview, the last round of the AFL. And last weekend spelt uh, curtains for a few sides, didn't it? It did, and uh, basically the eight is all but set. I think uh, Port are going to need a minor miracle, but um, anything can happen. Minor miracle. I think they need uh, major heart surgery, mate. They are on life support because uh, Geelong have got the Gold Coast at home, and if that happened to be an upset, I think that would be an upset in the history of the whole game. Well, I was only trying to give you a little bit of uh, something to look forward to, mate, but um, yeah, you're right. The eight's done. No, I'm already looking forward to pre-season next year, mate. We are absolutely cooked. So the big winners out of last round were the Sydney Swans, who once again, uh, backs the wall against all odds, have pulled off a uh, another victory and assured themselves of finals. Um, Hawthorne narrowly escaped against St Kilda and just came up with the win but it was enough to make sure they're in the hunt for a top spot the Demons against your mob the Eagles they got up and that spelt curtains for Port so they're definitely in the eight and the Cats obviously with their uh, percentage after last week smashing the uh, Freo Dockers by 133 points uh, definitely in the eight as well and the losers of course were my mob uh, Port we won't go on too much about that although there needs to be a post-mortem. Uh, Essendon also out to uh, the Tigers. North Melbourne needed to beat the Crows to have any chance, and uh, they got done, and the Crows just were off the pace um, in terms of percentage um, to be able to do any damage. So they are also out, done, and dusted. Yep. Um, so, yeah, let's look ahead to round 23. What have we got? Well, we've got what the AFL would have hoped would have been a blockbuster to... Uh, Finalise the eight is absolutely a fizzer now. It's Port versus Essendon. Yeah, you got to wonder what the motivation is going to be for each team here. It's hard to uh, sort of predict. I think um, Port are going to want to finish off strong in front of their home fans and to give themselves a slight chance that a miracle can take place and uh, they can sneak into the eight. Well, all the talk coming out of Port this week is that they've still got uh, finals to play for and as long as it's a mathematical possibility, they are going to, uh, they are going to play it accordingly. Um, I think Geelong would have to lose about 10 of its regular starters, not just before the game, but during the game, to, uh, to, for Port to have any chance. But I think you're right. I think Port will try and finish off strong as much as they can. There may be, there's doubts over Jack Watts and Sam Gray, so there may be a few positions up for grabs. Maybe Billy Frampton does finally come in. Uh, perhaps they don't risk Patrick Ryder this week. Um, Bell Chambers is already out for Essendon as well. So there could be uh, this... This could be a week where there's a few changes. They try a few things, see what happens, and uh, plan for next season. Uh, Bell Chambers out for Essendon, as I said. Goddard uh, could be his last game in Essendon Colours. Well, will be his last game in Essendon Colours if he's selected, um, as they're not renewing his contract for next year. So this will be the last time that perhaps Goddard suits up as an AFL player if uh, no one is interested in him. Yeah, potentially. I think um, there's probably those... uh Gold Coast probably the only team that's probably going to be after his services. Can't see him being much use elsewhere. Oh, I mean, Collingwood could use him as a stopgap for a year, um, filling where um, Scharenberg's out injured. But they seem to have a lot of players of similar ilk, so perhaps not. Carlton perhaps could use some more experience around that back line. Um, Fremantle, despite 
having the need for a player like that have already ruled it out. So, and St Kilda have already ruled it out as well. So you'd feel it's only one of those real bottom sides that are going to have a use for him. I think so, yeah. So Saturday, we go to that game we've uh, aforementioned in Geelong versus the Gold Coast. <laughs> Coming from Geelong, uh, I've seen Gold Coast in these rounds so many times, and each time they have been... On holidays, basically. Um, already started their Bali trip, and it's ended up usually shellacking at the hands of Port, but I think this time it's going to be even worse. Well, I thought they showed a lot of fight against Brisbane last week. Uh, they weren't really picked by anyone to get as close as they did, and um, they took them right to the line, and who knows if uh, things had gone their way, they could have come away with the four points, and, you know, that's a pretty good form line. Brisbane have been in, in good touch, whether or not they were a step off the pace... Um, who knows, but uh, I don't know. You'd, obviously, being at Geelong, they're going to be really up against it. But um... well, I think in this one, I mean, look, if your side is called soft, you're going to come you're going to come out with a point. And Nick Robinson from Brisbane was totally yeah, off. off he, uh, he fired them up, and uh, Gold Coast responded to those comments. If you ever need motivation for an AFL side, just call, just call them soft, and you'll uh, see the result. And boy, did they target Robinson. I think this could be a letdown for them. I think they might be on holidays. I think they might just head down the surf coast down there and uh, catch a few waves. Um, whether they make wholesale changes, whether this is a farewell game for Michael Barlow as well. Um, I think Geelong, in the scheme of it, if they are up like they were against Fremantle last week, I feel they will start to rest the likes of Ablett, Dangerfield, Selwood, Hawkins, and just manage their minutes a bit. Yeah, I think that makes sense. They're um, going to be pretty pivotal to their finals tilt, so any management that they can get here once the, day, the game's done, they'll be looking to do that. All right, to the next one. So the AFL looking after the uh, minor premiers here in Richmond. It's Richmond versus Bulldogs in the uh, another Saturday afternoon time slot. Uh, they do like giving this fixture to the Tigers, and they're giving him the maximum break they can, and playing them in the MCG. Um... Yeah, I think, once again, it's a, it's a game where minutes will be managed and players will be managed. It'll be interesting to see who comes back in and who comes back out of that Richmond lineup. Yeah, I think they'll probably want to get some run back into those players that they rested last week, if it's possible. So expect Cochin to come back and probably Prestia as well, get some midfield minutes into them. Prestia's had a pretty interrupted season all year, so they're going to want him fit and firing. And... Um, yeah, Richmond, MCG, not much more needs to be said. Yeah, I mean, the Bulldogs, as good as they've been the last three weeks, they haven't played an opponent, the ilk of um, Richmond, and I think that may be the undoing. Having said that, the Bulldogs, when they get the opportunity to play at the MCG, they do actually play it really well. Um, it'll be interesting to see how Richmond play Johannesson, given the last month to six weeks, he's been back to that 2016 form of just running... His run and carry has really inspired the Bulldogs over the last few weeks, as has the return of Marcus Bontempelli to a bit of that 2016 form we've seen. And Jack McRae and uh, Josh Dunkley have been good all year, especially Josh Dunkley over the uh, last six weeks since he's moved into the midfield. But Richmond, for mine, I, I, I don't know how much they'll win by, but it could be anywhere from five goals to ten goals, I think. Yep. So the next game could impact the uh, top four uh, with Frio playing Collingwood uh, from Optus Stadium. Uh, twilight match uh, for the Eastern States, but a mid-afternoon match for uh, Fremantle. 
Yeah, and uh, Eddie and the boys at Collingwood would be wondering what they did to uh, get a, a game over in Perth for the final round. This does not look uh, like a familiar sort of spot for them. No, um, not looking after the uh, not looking after Collingwood this season, uh, the AFL, with in regards to the last round fixture. But uh, look, I don't foresee too many problems for Collingwood in this one. Um, I just struggle to feel. Yeah, Fremantle will hit back, but I don't think they've got enough in the tank. I think they're already cooked for the season. They will want to impress in front of their fans, but Collingwood have got too much to play for. They don't want to lose that top four spot because they know how vital it will be to have a double chance, especially with all the injuries they've got. Yep, exactly right. They've got it all to play for. Free, I don't, and uh, it's pretty much as simple as that. Collingwood will show up. They'll want to keep their form rolling and have that, obviously, going into the finals. And, I mean, the big factor here is Fremantle, if Sanderlands doesn't return and they keep him out, then Brody Grundy is just, like he has the past few weeks, this is going to run an absolute mark. He is the best big man in the game at the moment. Marginally ahead of Max Gorn. Uh, it's a big call, but I, I think he is. And the interesting part is Jeremy Howe is missing again. And you have to wonder how that's going to play a part coming into a um, finals campaign. Yeah, it's a bit of a concern, but uh, they also get the week off after this round as well. So maybe they just really want him fresh and fit and firing and get some training into him. Uh, interestingly, though, they could potentially be playing two fixtures in a row at Optus Stadium. If uh, the results go the way we think they will, uh, they'll be playing West Coast, um, yeah, I won't, I, won't, uh, I won't give you a prediction on that just yet. We'll leave that for our viewers for another week. Um, so that switches us to another game, much like Richmond Bulldogs, which doesn't have anything on the line at all, which is Carlton versus Adelaide from Eddie Had. Uh, yeah, there's not much real interest in this other than how do Carlton finish off this season. They've showed some fight over recent weeks, but they've also showed their other side. They're a bit Jekyll and Hyde at the moment. One week's good, one week's not so good. Um, they were okay against the Bulldogs. They hung in there, but the Bulldogs were always too classy in the end. Just had enough in the tank to get over the top of them. In time, Carlton will probably win those types of games, but it's going to take a fair bit of time. I guess the interest in this is how does Carlton's midfield match up against Adelaide's? And with Adelaide's injuries, does um, Charlie Kernow run a mark? The only problem is Carlton haven't scored over 100 in almost two seasons now. So to beat Adelaide and with the forward line they've got, even without Taylor Walker, you're going to have to kick at least 90 to 100, and they struggle to do so. Yeah, uh, and it's also an Etihad, which we know Carlton don't do that particularly well over the last couple of years. Um, Adelaide are going to have a lot of injuries, a lot of changes, we suspect. A few boys being sent off to surgery, but... Um, I'd imagine they still have the quality to get over Carlton. Yeah, I think so. Also, it could be a debut um, looming for Elliot Himmelberg. Adelaide didn't take the risk last week uh, and brought back Andy Otten. But if any, there's an opportunity to play um, a player that you want to see as part of your future and you want to see how he goes, give him a go in this game. See how he goes. See what he can do. And then you can plan for next season and see if he's going to be a part of that. Um, Adelaide for mine, but at least... I'd say five to six goals. Carlton's losing margin might have come down slightly last week. Its average losing margin at Etihad was 57.2 before last week, uh, compared to about 23 at the MCG. It might have come down a little bit, but the two games that they have lost the least amount of points is at Etihad to the Bulldogs both times. 
Uh, every other side, they've been beaten by well over five goals. So that's why I'm predicting that Adelaide get the Chockies by at least six to seven goals, if not more. So that brings us to probably the clash that, other than uh, one on Sunday, that means the most to how the top four will be assembled, and that's Sydney versus Hawthorne at the SCG. Yeah, it's a huge one. Um, Hawthorne have that amazing ability to uh, match up really well against so many teams. Sydney's one of them. There's a, always a close contest here. And I think Hawthorne's record at the SCG in the last few years is um, probably two or three, and uh, Sydney haven't got the biscuits over them. So Yeah, it's, it's an interesting record you bring up. I think Sydney struggle in Sydney against Hawthorne, but then when they go to Melbourne, they tend to beat Hawthorne. Yeah, I think uh, Sydney have got a really interesting form line when it comes to home and away this year. Um, they're probably better on the road, as we know. And, um, yeah, probably have to tilt in Hawthorne's favour here. I think uh, betting-wise, it's pretty even, and um, there's not going to be too much splitting the sides at the end of the game, I don't think. So the, the uh, elephant in the room is, does Buddy pull up in time? And will he play? Because early in the week, all the rumours were around that he wasn't going to play. Then Longmire comes out yesterday and says, no, 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 no. We'll see how he pulls up on the track, but he should be fine to play. But the rumours just keep on swelling that he won't play. Well, where there's smoke, there's fire. And uh, considering it's the, the last round of the season before finals, he gets another week off after this. They probably don't want to finish fourth in all honesty and have to play Richmond and get battered and bruised at the MCG. Um, so maybe it's a chance to rest him and see what it, how else they can have a few avenues to goal. But, yeah. Well, that's that's the key because I've looked at the ladder. Sydney can't finish higher than fourth due to their percentage, which would leave them vulnerable to playing Richmond at the MCG, which is probably the final you want to avoid the most. In saying that, if they finish fifth, they could end up with Geelong at the SCG, which they lost to Geelong. So it's a double-edged sword. If Franklin's not right, they probably will elect to give him that break and roll the dice and whatever happens, happens. Sydney Sydney will back themselves in. They always have, especially under Longmire. So in this one, I'm just going to back Hawthorne, I think. Other, other than... They are my second side, so I will probably tend to favour them a little bit more. But I think just on a form line, Hawthorne will be stung. There's no doubt Clarkson would have read the right act after last week's match. There's no way St Kilda should have got within four points of them if they were on top form. So they'll want to rectify that. And I think Hawthorne win by, say, two to three goals. Yeah, there's a gut feel that says Hawthorne win. And interesting to see if Roughhead comes back because uh, they're going to want to get some run into his legs. He's pretty important to their team. They've done well without him, but having an extra avenue to goal is so important. Well, that's the thing. And, and I mean, people are probably forgetting the wins they've had over Essendon and Geelong have come without Sicily, who's probably going to come back in the first week of the finals, and Daniel Howe, who was suspended. Two of their key cogs of their back line. So they've done very well without a few of their top-line stars. I think you'll find Howe's more of a midfield type sort of runs with one of their midfielders from time to time. He does tend to play off that halfback, plays as sort of that defensive um, 
defensive halfback on the attacking forward at times as well. So he switches between that tagging and defensive halfback role. Um, so Sunday's game, uh, Brisbane versus West Coast is the early one. No doubt you'll be up for this because uh, if West Coast happen to drop their guard and lose, there's a possibility they could finish as low as fourth, which would then place them against Richmond at the MCG, a place that West Coast don't generally visit that well. Yeah, well, that's exactly what we want to avoid. We want to lock in top two and have the potential to play two home finals on our road to the grand final, which would be great. Um, It was disappointing to lose last week, but after giving up a four-goal head start and once Jack Darling went down, it really really, uh, emphasised the the loss of Kennedy and particularly Natanui. We didn't have anyone to kick to down down the line and up forward. Vardy, as, as tall as he is, he doesn't really offer much marking prowess, so we were always up against it. But I thought that they showed really good fight to get back on even terms and in front in the last quarter, but uh, just didn't have enough to quell their, their influence up forward. And I have, to, I have to go back to a point you made uh, about opportunities um, when Andrew Gaff... Uh, was suspended, and Dom Sheed, watching him play, and given the opportunity to actually play in his natural role, actually looked very, very good, quite clean with his disposal, very good by foot, very good by hand, Uh, and he was probably the catalyst that got you back into it too, he really worked hard, Um, probably his best game, almost career best game I'd say, that I've seen him play, Um, in terms of West Coast, there's rumours that Kennedy won't come back. They want to keep him on ice a bit longer. If Darling's out as well, does that then put you at a severe disadvantage to finish in the top two? Uh, word is Kennedy won't play. He'll be okay for finals. Darling should be okay to play. Still a little bit to play out there. But um, even if he doesn't play, we'll have someone fresh come in who's going to be a tall target for us. And if they can offer... You know, just that constant lead um, and just make a contest around the ground. That's all what we ask for them. That's what we want out of key position players. I think any team's the same. Um, I think that we'll be okay and we should have enough have enough class to, to beat Brisbane who might just be sort of tailing off towards the end of the year. Yeah, well, form in the Waffle suggests that'll be Waterman. Given, given his returns in the Waffle the previous week, uh, he had kicked seven goals. So you'd have to think Waterman... Given uh, how he's performed this season when he has come in, uh, would be the likely option for uh, Darling if he didn't come up. And and possibility is, with the fact that Kennedy won't come up, they may just want a bit of extra um, forward line, an extra key target down there that uh, Waterman comes in anyway. So that'll be interesting to see. Um, The next game is probably the other one that uh, we mentioned before that's going to have a real impact on the top eight, and that's Melbourne versus GWS. The only, Melbourne can't really finish, I think, higher than third is what I had a look at. No, given their percentage, yeah, they can't really finish higher than uh, than fourth, um, given the points they're on. Um, and GWS can uh, can finish as high as third. Um, so it, it's an important game for the scheme of where everyone finishes. GWS would be disappointed, but again, they lost two players during a game, and that's happened consistently for the last month and a half where they've been down rotations, down players, and eventually it's going to sting you. And unfortunately, it happened against their arch-rival, Sydney. Yeah, we've seen it so many times. It always catches up with you. 
Phil Davis, he was injured. That was probably the turning point for me because Buddy really got off the leash there. Phil Davis came back on. He battled Manfley, but he switched up forward and he's obviously not going to be as effective up forward given he was also injured. So, um, yeah, they'll be disappointed to have lost that one when they seemingly were in control. Yeah, talk is he's going to come back. Um, I don't know whether that's completely wise, but their cupboard is bare. They've virtually got no players really to um, select from. They're, they're down to the bare bones, and uh, to be where they are right now is actually uh, remarkable, uh, especially the run they've been on. Uh, winning 10 out of the last 12, given the injuries they've had. They will get some of their players back as it heads to finals, the likes of Toby Green and Deledio. But the fact is they're not match fit, they're not match hardened, and you run the risk of them just re-injuring themselves, especially Deledio. Yeah, well, I said it before, and as important as those players are, they haven't been the ones that have really turned GWS' season around. We look at one, Josh Kelly. He didn't play last week. He'll come back this week, and he's going to be a massive inclusion for them, make no mistake. And I'll tell you what, at $2.80, they're definitely worth uh, a little bit of cash. I can uh, I can see them pushing Melbourne right to the end. Yeah, head-to-head, 20 up. That's uh, not a bad... Uh... That's not a bad option uh, on the old sports bet to uh, have a crack at that. Uh, GWS, yeah, with I mean, look, Kelly is the key to how they play. He is the Rolls Royce of the AFL. If I was going to pick a player out of any side that I wanted to go into my side, it would be Josh Kelly. And you can see why North Melbourne tried throwing the kitchen sink, the bathroom, and the kitchen uh, and the uh, lounge room at him uh, to try and get him across because he is just an absolute superstar. In terms of that, he has been the reason why they've turned around. And with him back in there, they're a massive chance against Melbourne. Um, Make no mistake about that. So it's a 50-50 game for mine. But if Melbourne is serious and they want to back up their claims they deserve to be in the finals, win a second game against the top eight side, and then you can set yourselves up to have a real crack at this final series. Yeah, absolutely. This one should have a lot of finals intensity about it. who knows, they even might end up playing each other two weeks in a row or two fixtures in a row. Exactly. Obviously with the bye after. But, um, yeah, there's going to be a lot to play for. Uh, Melbourne, they finally beat a top eight team last week. Having said that, they're not far away from beating those top eight teams. They lost to Geelong a number of times, really close, one after the siren, one just before. Um, and there's been a few other sides that they've come against and they've just fallen short. So their form's not as bad as what people like to think. No, no, no. I've looked at Melbourne's um, losses, and there's there's three losses there under seven points, for a combined total of seven points. Two times against Geelong, which is a top-eight side, or potentially a top-eight side, and uh, St Kilda, a game they should not have lost. Uh, If they've got those three wins, then they're in the... uh, well, they're in also they're pretty much in the mix to finish top two, so their form line isn't as bad as what people make it out. I've been a probably in their corner rather than a, a, against them, so I think they can uh, win this one and uh, yeah push themselves for a chance of at least uh, finishing um, fifth or fourth and uh, securing a, a double chance or a home final. So the last game of the round, wow, this is going to be an absolute cracker jack. Um, could be one of those uh, surprise ones where it's an absolute high-scoring um, goal fest. It's St Kilda versus uh, North Melbourne at Etihad. Well, they played early in the year, 
and it was probably the most boring game you're ever likely to see. Well, I was going to say, it was more, instead of a uh, goal fest, it was a snore fest. It was, absolutely. And, uh, I mean, <laughs> fans will be wanting more. I'm not sure they're going to get it. I don't even know how many people are going to show up. But, um, yeah, North Melbourne should win this one. St Kilda, they were pretty good last week. They uh, really pushed Hawthorne all the way, even with some uh, key players out. But, um, yeah, it should be Jared Waite's final game. And... Uh, yeah, they, they want to finish the, the year off well. They've had a decent year, unlucky to miss out on finals. But, um, yeah, there's no better place to, to win in the last... And look, what what better way to do it than uh, entice? I mean, we don't know that certain deals have been done as yet, but what better way than to entice certain players like uh, Jared Polak or Andrew Gaff to your club by finishing off strong, um, winning uh, in winning by a huge margin... And just playing some attacking football. Don't That's you, what we want to see. Don't you dare say Gaff's name. They can have Polek all they want. Gaff is staying put, all right? Well, where there's, where there's smoke, there's fire. It's being talked about. I mean, same with Polek. You know, I mean, I've heard a few things about Polek, and I've heard a few uh, reliable sources tell me that uh, Polek's pretty much nailed on for 750k a season over five years, which is extraordinary given uh, given his injury history with his foot that it would only take one injury with his foot to pretty much end his career given the injury he had. So, Stupid amount of money, but you can't say no to that and you can't blame him either, really, can you? Oh, look, it would make give them the outside run with Sean Attlee and compliment uh, Ben Cunnington and Sean Higgins. And, uh, well, they, they could easily be... Uh, finals or top four contention next year. It's going to be sad to see Jared Waite Bauer. He's one of those uh, characters that the uh, just uh, you either love him or you hate him. But he's uh, he's a very cool cat. He's um, made the most of his move to North Melbourne. There was a bit of a um, bit of a stigma about him at Carlton, um, but he he moved and uh, very well and was consistent in his time at North Melbourne. Unlucky maybe not to. Push further with North Melbourne when they finished in the the top four those couple of seasons, but um, he's definitely made the most of his couple of years there, and they'll be uh, they'll be sad to see him go. But um, like he said, he'd rather go out with uh, more left in the tank than uh, finishing up um, injured and uh, a waste on the list. So um, it's been a good career. So I reckon North Melbourne by a bit, but don't don't discount St Kilda. They can play some really good football at times, which is really, really frustrating. You look at their first quarter against the Western Bulldogs, you look at how they played last week against Hawthorne, and you go, where is that on a consistent basis? And that's what's, what is must be the most frustrating thing, being a St Kilda supporter. Knowing there's potential there, but they're not fulfilling it. That That's the issue for mine with St Kilda. Yeah, uh, it's been a pretty disappointing season. I think everyone who's in the no touches on that and uh, they're going to be wanting a bit of review at the end and just hope for uh, a better year next year. All right. So obviously being the final round of the AFL season, that brings us also to the final round of the fantasy season. And unfortunately, as much as I didn't want to do it, because you are a very, very close mate of mine, unfortunately, I got the chocolates. You did. Last you week. did. You turned the tables, and I got to hand it to you. You had uh, players firing in the right lines. I had players probably dipping at the wrong times, and um, yeah, I knew I was vulnerable because your team's in good form. And um, yeah, it was pretty much a cakewalk in the end, wasn't it? Oh, I wouldn't call it a cakewalk. There was still, uh, it was still 
tight enough. But, uh, yeah, look, players like Rockliffe um, hurt you a bit. And uh, it, it's always a lottery at this time of the year as to what players show up and what players don't. So that means sort of into a grand final against probably the top-ranked player in our league. And that's going to be a tough, tough game. Uh, I'm going to need a lot more luck to go my way than even last week. And uh, even for trades, I have no idea at this stage what I'm going to do. But if Franklin is a doubt, then I think he's going to uh, go out of my side. But if he's not, then uh, I'm looking at uh, Clayton Oliver. He's an absolute gun and uh, the opposition doesn't have him. So he might be worth a crack somewhere, maybe perhaps for a wind guard uh, or a uh, locking nil that he comes in. Yeah, it's all going to be about fixtures. Um, who they're going to be matched up against, whether or not they're going to uh, attract attention. Um, one that I'll point out, uh, Tim Taranto in the forward line, 119 last week. And, um, yeah, he's been in pretty decent touch after that little uh, rest he had. Yeah, well, that would take away one of your strengths, so that's a, that's an option. The other option is, well, the only problem we've looked at is Leanit, as much as he's a rookie, he hasn't scored below 70. The players around him that are high price that I could go to haven't scored highly and have scored around his mark so I don't feel there's an upgrade there other than Cade Simpson but Simpson's been horrible for weeks played one good game last week and I reckon the Crows will nullify him so I'm wary about going to Simpson so I'm more concerned with say trading out Franklin or one of those guys last time Simpson played the Crows I think he scored over 120 so that's something to think about and um, you know okay. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's that's, 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 that's food for thought. So that would take away one of his strengths as well. Um, yeah, it's two minds with this one. I don't know what I'll do, but uh, I'll give it a crack. That's for sure. So hopefully, I can come away with another grand final win, which would be my third in this league over eight years, and I haven't missed a prelim in those eight years. So it's all about consistency, I think. Yep, and. Uh... Yeah, maybe another midfield one to look out is uh, Matt Crouch, who's in uh, ripping touch against the Blues. We know how much ball they give up, so there's another one for you. Yeah, that uh, that could be an option as well. Again, it would take away another one of his strengths. I'm really looking at Clayton Oliver because uh, GWS just don't tag. Uh, so that could be a real option, especially at the MCG. At the MCG, and he, I think he's averaging over 120 or 30 in his last six. I think ridiculous. So yeah, that's yeah. He only had, he only had a down week because of uh, your master tagger in uh, Hutchings. So Did the job. I, I'm uh, I'm definitely considering him. So with that, we'll hopefully I will get the chocolates. Hopefully the Eagles finish in the top two, and hopefully the Power uh, can finish off strongly. And hopefully uh, your sides uh, get the chocolates this weekend. So we'll look forward to uh, speaking to you next week with a sort of mini preview of the finals um, before the actual finals with the week off. And uh, we'll speak to you on our next episode about the Premier League. Thanks for listening. Best of luck. The podcast you just heard was published with Anchor. Got something you want to say to the creator of this show? Send them a voice message using the Anchor app, free for iOS and Android.